You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast where we're shooting live at the ADA SmileCon on the floor and I've got the OG of all podcasters, Josh Austin. Have you ever said yo, yo, yo to like open a podcast? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that was... You know, first of all, like opening a podcast, like you know how podcasting goes. You got to have like, you got to have like the zone where you don't think about it. Yeah, like you got that was it. That was your moment. You just let it flow. No, so, well, I always do yo, yo, yo. Oh, you do yo, yo, yo? Yeah, if you call me right now and go, yo. Yo, okay. yo, and my family calls, I go, yo, what's up? Yo, 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 yo. On the podcast, it's always three yo's. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, when you call me on my phone, it's yo or okay. yo, yo. You just don't have time for the three. Well, no, I, I, it's, it's kind of like a warm up. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So my son now, I'll go, yo. He goes, yo, yo, yo. You need, okay. Yo. All right. So he's got to get the two. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, even the house with the girls. Yo, what's up? Yo. <laughs> I, so I don't even know where she I got literally from. Literally, the whitest man in the world, just screaming "yo" all the time. <laughs> like it's, he's on. Hey, I, I just—it feels natural. <laughs> like, what's your opening? What do you do in your when you when you were when you were in your heydays when you were getting started? When I was doing pods. When you were doing pods. Um, bras. Bras. Yeah. Bras. Bras. What is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast. Bra show. I'm Josh. Bra what's bra I've heard bra. Yeah. Bro. Bra. Bro, bra. Yeah. Bras. Bra. And then if you're in England, it's bruv, like B R U V, but you say bra. Bruv. Bruv. Yeah, yeah. Bruv. Does it mean the same thing? Like, bruv? Yeah, they're yeah. weird. Yeah, it means the same thing. Like, it means those people, like the British people, not, not to like, I don't want to just immediately start, like, by- We can. Yeah, by, like, denigrating an entire country of people. Don't. Literally, like, waited in line for 15 hours to see the queen come by or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, all right, I get it. Like, but I, what, you know, she yeah. was, it, you have a prime minister, like, you have a parliament and all, like- Right. I don't know. It's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird deal. I, we just don't understand it here. Maybe we don't. Yeah. We, we, we don't. Who's our royal family? Um, the Kardashians? Kardashians? <laughs> yeah. We're immediately both in the same. Well, I mean, of all the influence in the country. Yeah. I think it's, you I know, really who, do. I think it's them. I mean, I, I, we, we could start right now and walk this direction yeah. and say, who's the president of the United States? Like, or, do you know this person or this person? And I, I guarantee you. I would know Kim Kardashian for and sure. Joe Biden. Yeah. Or yeah. Kanye. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of people talking about it. <laughs> Look, Kanye he's West. A lot right. of people. You, 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 you're, you're an amazing, we're going to get into this in just a second. Now, uh, I always love talking dental stuff. Maybe we'll save yeah. that for later, but you are like one of my favorites of all time. Cause I don't even know what we're going to talk about. And I enjoy the matter. heck out of it. <laughs> we've already talked about the queen. We've talked about yo, we've talked about like it. 
Absolutely. And you are, yeah. So, um, I do want to, let's, maybe we'll start here. You're going to do a hands-on today. We'll we'll, we'll just throw that into the room and then we'll quickly go on to the other. So what are you, what are you talking about today? Uh, hands-on, uh, posterior composite, right? Getting uh, more efficient with hands-on composite. And so you look at data, hands-on composite or, uh, uh, composite restorations are three quarters of what we do in this country, right? Out of every four restorations placed 75% of them, three out of the ever four are, um, Direct composites. Okay. And so, you know, um, reimbursement rates aren't going up. You right. know, everyone's either flat or taking a trim on their reimbursement rates. So in order for us to stay more profitable with inflation, all that stuff, like we got to get faster. We got to get more efficient, right? Uh, and so tips and tricks on how to get faster at posterior composite, right? The thing we do the most. Very nice. And if you're looking for great ed- education... That is spot on and yeah. and, and funny go and see, entertainment. Go see Bob Marches. But no, 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 no. This is you. you. Can come to my room. You're you're wildly entertaining. Like wildly entertaining. Yeah. You make it. You make I education tried. fun. Um, yeah. And I I just I enjoy whether you're talking about social media, posterior composites. You know, you take you tackle the serious issues like mental health, and you could still make it uplifting, knowledgeable, helpful. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And I also know that you are you and Detola are the two that. Of all people that have ever entered dentistry that could be stand-up comedians. So there is there is a dentist who is a stand-up, by the way. We Geller. should just say his name. David Galler. David Galler. Academy Clearliner. And I've like, ne- I told you I've never yeah, met him, but yeah. he's a funny guy. Yeah, very funny. Okay. Very funny. And I want you to tell the story. So yeah. you actually opened up for Jim Gaffigan. You got to tell did. the whole yeah. story. Okay. So you, so uh, Galler, I didn't know was a comedian. Yeah. He actually runs an, an incredible organization, American yeah. Academy of Clearliners. Yep. Okay. Let's start there. Yeah. Tell me what you just told, tell them yeah. what you told me earlier. So, um, I've, I, I went to one of Dr. Galler's courses on Invisalign called Reengage. It's okay. an amazing course. And he does a lot of comedy in it, kind of like Detola and I do when, when we do programs. And so, um, we immediately connected and we started talking and, and, um, he had like seen my stuff somewhere else. And so he got like, Hey, you know, come into the organization. We'll have you doing some programs and stuff like that. It'll be great. Um, and so he has this big meeting every year called the Gallerite um, reunion conference, the GRC, right. which is basically the meeting of the AACA. And that's uh, in Vegas every year and opening night, he always has a comedian. So last year it was Russell Peters. Uh, and this year it was going to be Jim Gaffigan. Well, Galler's like running that whole meeting. Right. Yeah. And he does lectures during the meeting and he like does this, he opens for whatever the comedian is. So it's a, like, it's a heavy lift for him. It's right. a lot. And at some point, just casually, I mentioned to him, if you ever need help, like opening for the comedian, I, it would be my life's dream. Yeah. And I never heard anything. And then the schedule comes out and there it is on the schedule, you know, comedy night featuring Dr. David Galler, Dr. Josh Austin and Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And that's how you found out. Yeah. And I woke up to like 37 <laughs> Instagram messages of like, Oh my God, what is this? And I, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's how it, it came about. So, um, I had 20 minutes. Um, so Galler on the, on the night of the deal, it's the opening night of the conference, uh, uh, Galler did like 40 minutes, uh, 30, 40 minutes. And then I did 20 minutes and then Gaffigan came out and did, did an hour. And so, okay. Back up to the 20 minutes. Yeah. So like, do you prepare for it? Do oh, you have yeah, your yeah. notes? Like, are you, yeah. are you using some of your classic stuff yeah. with some, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I had stuff, but like, I didn't know how to like, I'd never done it before. Right. So I didn't know. I had to figure out like how to lay it out and how to get it together. And, and I wanted to do some stuff specifically related to like Invisalign and clear liners. So I did probably 10 minutes of like Invisalign jokes, okay. which is like <laughs> the listeners are probably like, this doesn't seem all that right. But there's a lot of like humor 
potentially right. there from from Invisalign. There's a lot of funny things that happen with Invisalign. So, yeah. um, actually, so Mike Detola and I got together one weekend and uh, in a hotel in in L.A. and we um, went to the comedy store at night okay. for inspiration and watched you know real professionals do it. And then during the day, we would we would write this set. And so over about a day and a half, we wrote 20 minutes. So you had a pro you had a pro secret meeting with a pro writer to help yeah, well, you. Yeah. And more like two amateurs who are, who are trying our best. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we came up with about 95% of it at that meeting. Okay. There was one joke that I couldn't, I was like, there's a joke here. I, ha- I can't figure out the punchline, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, it actually was my wife, Andrea, who gave me the like idea that turned it into what ended up working. And so we were on a, we were walking the dog and she's like, all right, are you ready? Like, I was like, ah, there's just one joke I can't figure out. And so she's like, all right, well tell it to me. And so she came up with like the little nugget that turned into like what the punchline of the joke was. And so, um, the day comes, how many people, how many people, um, probably 2000, something like that. It's at the like encore theater at the win, which is, I mean, it's a big theater, right? It's a big, like it has a balcony. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not like a, hotel room convention, you know, or a, a, a big ballroom at a hotel. It's like an actual theater. Yeah. Now I'm nervous. For, uh, like yeah. I, I'm sweating right now. I was, so you, I was super nervous. Okay. So when you're looking at the bill, you know, yeah. you're looking at Gallers going first, here's you. Yeah. And then you got Gaffigan yeah. who is amazing. So Hall of Famer. walk us through that whole yeah. process. First off. Um, so Gaffigan is a clean comedian. So, I mean, he doesn't like use profanity. Right. Um, he'll uh, like talk about things that are maybe not quite as clean, but he does it in a clean way, if right. that makes sense, right? Um, and so there was a very specific uh, a recipe for words that we could not say, which I, I, I could say them here just so you know, but I, I, you're looking at me panicked, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's the words that you, you right. it's immediate words you think. Right. Um, the one exception was Dr. Galler's from New York. Yeah. And Dr. Galler really can't function like without oxygen and without saying the F word. The F bomb. Like, but he can say it in a way that, or not. No, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's New Yorker. He says yeah. it in a very New Yorker way, right? Okay. Um, so Caller negotiated that we each got to say the F word twice. Ooh, okay. So, um, so you had to be very strategic about it, but yeah. there were some things that it was just like, we can't talk about these few things. Okay. Um, so the day comes and, uh, fly to Vegas and get there. And, you know, we go to dinner before and I'm like, I'm not hungry at all. Cause it's just, uh, you know, my mouth is already dry and I'm already nervous, you know, I'm just super nervous. And so we kind of get to the, to the venue and get into like settled and, you know, the uh, people are starting to fill in and the theater's filling up. And so I'm backstage in what they call the green room. And the, this theater actually had three green rooms. Okay. I was in the smallest green room because obviously like I'm, I'm the zero. Now, the- is it actually green? Like, no, it's not, it's nothing not green. that's green there. Why no, do they, call, why they call it the green room? <laughs> so what is it? It's just like a little tiny, yeah, like, it's like a little, like there's like a couch and a TV and okay. a bottle of water. Right. That's the, the little one I was in was like literally the, the staff break room okay. for the people that worked at the theater. <laughs> and then Galler had a bigger one that had like a, a like a full setup, it had like a shower in it, like a okay. makeup vanity and that kind of stuff. And then Gaff again had this like, huge two-room suite that was his green room and in gaffigan's green room there's like ham sandwiches and buckets of heineken and all is catered right Right. so we're sitting back there and and i kind of knew the beats of galler set we had gone over it a few times so i kind of knew what was which and when he was going to go and and like what his beats were and so i knew when it was like the three or four minute mark that was my time to get up and then go to the side stage okay 
So I'm standing side stage and at this point, like I'm nervous, but I'm not like, I'm not like shaking in my boots nervous. And so I feel there's no one else back there side stage. It's just me. And I feel someone walk up behind me and I turn around and it's Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> and it's immediate, like my jaw drops. And he says, Hey, are you Josh? And I was like, <sighs> you know, yes. it's a hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, it was on, you know, it was like the hottest girl in high school coming up to you, yeah. you know, like asking you to borrow, borrow a dollar. It's like, yes, absolutely. So it was like, yeah. And it was, just, he didn't know who I was. It was just right. somebody had given him a rundown of the, of the night. And he saw that the person going on before him was Johnny. So he, I'd, I'd worn a suit. And so he said, uh, and he's wearing like a stained t-shirt and a pair of like <laughs> khaki yeah. corduroys from Kmart, you know? Yeah. He had just finished making macaroni and cheese for his kids. <laughs> yes, and like, yeah. yeah. Very, very, I, I don't know, disheveled, yeah. you know, just, which is kind of his vibe. Yeah. And he and I was like, yeah. And he says, nice suit. And so I said, thanks. I didn't know what to wear. This is my first time. <laughs> and I just saw him like, oh God, this is your first, like, so he's immediately thinking like, oh, this guy's going to eat it up yeah. there. And now I'm going to have to come out to a cold crowd. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, this is your first time? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, you'll do great. And so then couple minutes later, it's like, all right, you know, Dr. Galler's like, you know, I'm from uh, Gallerite chat nine on WeChat. Everything uh, David Galler does is on WeChat okay. uh, or uh, no, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. What, yeah, WhatsApp. And so he's like, oh, you know, I'm on Gallerite nine on WhatsApp. You know, I'm uh, from Dental Economics. You know, I'm from speaking for ACA. You know, please welcome to the stage my good friend from San Antonio, Texas, Dr. Josh Austin. So I go out. And I kind of black out for the next 20 minutes. Like, I don't remember a lot of things. Um, I remember a few things, but um, I finished the set. I, I did know this. I, I knew that the first joke that I had was kind of the barometer for how it was going to go. Because right. if they didn't like the first joke, and I don't know if you know this about me, Kirk, but I'm a little bit snarky. Yes. Have you ever caught that? No, I, yeah, you, you tell us know? more. Yeah, okay. Tell us more. I, I, so it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's a, I don't know, a little David Spade, you know, yeah. kind of snarky humor. And so um, if they didn't like that first one, they weren't going to like the next 18 minutes. Right. And so the first joke murdered is awesome. And my wife, Andrew, is sitting in the front row and she told me later, she's like, I saw all the tension leave your body. Yeah. After that first joke. Because you're like the kid at Christmas that he gets the first laugh yeah. and then he goes a little bit then further. You go, yeah, yeah. You're kind of relaxed. Right. Yeah. And you're like, okay. So now it's like, all right, good. We're on the same vibe. <laughs> we're on the same vibe. We're on the same wavelength. And so I end up finishing the set. The last joke I had is a joke I've done in my lectures for a long time or yeah. for the past year. And it always does well. And so I finish and I walk off and the person standing side stage is Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And I'd been looking kind of out, out the side of my eye, like peripheral vision. And he stayed there the entire time. So this is a guy who's getting paid, God knows how, six figures, I'm sure, or high five figures to be there. Like star, right? He's a Hall of Fame comedian. Right. I assumed that he was just going to hang out in the green room the whole time and not like fraternize with the, you know, unclean masses. No, he stood there side stage and watched, he watched both my sets. entire... He watched Galler's set. And he watched he... part of Galler's set, yeah. Okay. Because he got there during Galler's set. Watched all of my set. And as I walked off the stage, he was the first person standing there. He had a hand out. He shook my hand and he said, nice set. And I'm sure he says that to every person who opens for him. Yeah. At, but in that moment, like he knew that it was my first time. Yeah. And he like took that time to like get, have that one, two second connection with me. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and, and, you know, it's probably something that he didn't think anything about, but like, I will literally carry that moment with me 
right. until the day I die. That's so cool. It's unbelievable. I love that. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And as a Gaffigan fan, like he's one of those people that you, I would guess, and you're the only yeah. person I know that's met him. I love meeting people that just, what you see is who they are. That's exactly him. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, authentic. there's no there's, separation. Yeah. And he's not, you know, I mean, he's a hall of fame comedian. He's, he's had multiple network television shows. He's on right. CBS Sunday morning every week. Like he could be a total diva. Right. Not at all. My wife saw him in the spa the next day. He remembered her from really? standing backstage with me. Oh, that's so cool. And he said, Hey, uh, your husband or your guy, I think you said your guy, your guy did good last night. That's awesome. That is so cool. Do that? Like, yeah, I don't know. So I, maybe it's because they're celebrities. Like we expect far less of them. And right. so when they just like act like normal human beings, we're like surprised, but not, uh, there was some authenticity there. And so it right. really was like, uh, it was a live stream. Yeah. I remember being 11 years old and getting Comedy Central added to like our cable package or whatever and, and experiencing it for the first time. I think it's when it launched. And I remember like early on, like being 11 years old and seeing a Howie Mandel stand up special yeah. and thinking to yourself, like, God, I would love to do that one. Yeah. But there's, I, there's no way I have the talent or skill to do that. Yeah. I have no doubt we were watching the same thing. My yeah. dad used to take the cable from our house and, and pirate it from the box at the corner. I'm like, dad, that's their box. He's like, don't worry. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's but, fine. Yeah. Um, um, and, and so to, to get to live that dream, even if it's for 20 minutes, you yeah. know, and in, in, in retrospect, there's no reason for me to be nervous. It was the biggest layup of all time. Yeah. So it was a, a room full of dentists and I have like eight years, 10 years of experience making Dennis laugh. Um, they're in Vegas. Yeah. They're there to have a good time. It's nine o'clock at night and drinking for the last three hours. And I'm one of them. Yeah. They wanted me to succeed. So it was a layup, right? There's no reason to be nervous. There's almost no way to bomb, right? Yeah. Um, but it just was, it was a chance to live a dream. And I, I say all the time, do you remember, remember the movie Field of Dreams? I do. And there's a character in that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. There's a character named Moonlight Graham. And Moonlight Graham comes up because he got one at bat in the major leagues. And then he never got to play again. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, somebody in the movie saying something like, aren't you angry or like, don't you wish you had more chance or whatever? And he's like, no, nah, I like, I got to live my dream. Yeah. You know? and it was, even if it was one at bat. And so that's, that's, that was my one at bat, you know, and it'll probably never happen again. And that's fine. Not, not a ton of dental meetings have stand up comics, uh, surprisingly. And uh, so it'll probably never come up. I'll, I'll probably never get another chance to do it. Um, and that's totally fine. I'm yeah. totally happy with it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I got to do it once um, was, was amazing. And I'm, I'm bad about celebrating. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I don't celebrate things. If I, something happens, like we had a great CE course yesterday and it's like yeah. packed room, sold out room. And it was like, oh, you know, great course. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know, whatever. It was easy, you know, whatever. To trying to like find some way to diminish it because yeah. I don't like to take the compliment. And Andrea, my wife, had, had basically told me, like, we're celebrating this. Yeah. And so um, she was like, we're going to get, like, a champagne or a cocktail when this is done. So I like, stopped at, like, the hotel bar that's, like, closest to the bank of elevators that we were staying in. So no, no rhyme or reason to it. It's just where we stopped and um, ordered a glass of champagne or a cocktail, whatever it was. And we're standing there. The bartender brought it over. And he was like, these are paid for. And it was someone down the, uh, the bar had, had been in the, in, the, in the deal and seen, seen the set and uh, paid for our drinks That's awesome. and he came over and he was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, that's awesome. I'm like, you know, you're so, you know, you're so courageous to have gotten up there. I would have never had, had the, the, the courage to do that. So it was great. Yeah. And then uh, we, we enjoyed it, our nice drink. And, and um, I remember Andrea went, went to bed and I was still kind of adrenaline going and so I couldn't sleep. And so 
at some point I just went up and went in the bathroom of the hotel room and I closed the door and I just sat on the floor and like cried for 45 minutes, which I, it wasn't like a, it was weird. It wasn't a sad cry. It was yeah. like, um, it was just this moment of like intense, like appreciation yeah. for the fact that I got to do this thing that I had always wanted to do. I'm so, so really freaking great. proud yeah, of you. Was, you so, have to so celebrate amazing. that. It was so amazing. I, I think it's incredible. Like I would have died. <laughs> like you would have been fine. No, 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 no. Like you are a, a pro. Layup. You are a pro in that. I have no doubt that will no, not I mean, be your last time. I'm a pro at dental speaking. I'm not a pro at stand up. you know? And so I that was like, it was, it was a whole new, th it was also nice to not be burdened by the idea of having to educate as well. Right. And I don't mean that like pejoratively on dental C, but with dental C, like I can't just screw around for 40 minutes or 30 minutes. Like I have to do some content. Yeah. I'm going to make right. some jokes in, but it can't be all about the jokes with this. It got to be all about the jokes. Yeah. And that's what that was that having that sort of restrictor plate taken off is, was fun. Yeah. Um, and really fun, but it also is really hard. Right. And 20 minutes of dental lecture is like nothing. It goes by so fast. Yeah. 20 minutes of stand up is so long. It is so long. It is so much time. And, um, I remember I wrote it, I kind of wrote it all out and then, had it on like note cards like you have in front of you and then um, recorded it yeah. like with my voice memo and I would just like listen to it over and over and over and over. I probably listened to it a thousand times. Um, and I didn't have it. I still don't, I never memorized it. So I had like a little sheet up there with kind of like a song list of right. like this like kind of group of jokes, like three words to like, okay, that's what's next. That's what's next. That's what's next. And so it was kind of like a set list. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could do it again right now, but I would need just some prompting, you know, for it. Okay, uh, just so, remember what it was. so we've got a good 30 minutes. <laughs> We're going there. So I, I, so I, I forgot to say, so I, I remember Galler had negotiated the fact that we could say two F words. Yeah. So one of them was easy. I knew where that one was. And then I realized about 80% of the way through that I only used one. So I had like a pocket F word. <laughs> And so it's like, I'm coming up to the last joke. I'm like, well, sh like, it's kind of like, you know, I got these timeouts in a football game. Like, right. yeah, we'll use them. They just go away. It's not like you get to, so I was like, I might as well use it. Yeah. And so I found a spot where it like made sense in the last joke and, uh, and, and it worked really well. So I, 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 I used both of my F words. Good job. Yeah. Good job. I mean, it's like, you know, he took the time to negotiate these. I should at least use them. Right. Is there anywhere where we can see it online? Your 20 minutes? So, yeah, no, it was totally not recorded at all. That was part of Gaffigan's writer. Okay. The writer is like uh, when you sign a deal to do something like that, it's like all the demands, right? So, oh, okay. um, all the, like the stipulations that the uh, event people need to meet. And so, one of them was just like Brene yesterday. They said, like, no photos or videos. That was the, the same thing. And um, so, we just made it. I, I don't think Galler or I would have minded had someone videoed us, uh, but Gaffigan was pretty adamant and and so they, there was actually security from the theater okay that if they saw people uh recording they would uh, not just escort them from the show they would escort them from the hotel and from the conference wow so it was uh, that was a pretty severe kind of thing for gaffigan was just like this can't be recorded. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I want you, cause I love this stuff. So you're a pro you go, then you watch Gafkin. Like I, and again, I love Gafkin. Yeah. You got, you stood on the side, you basically yeah, traded places. Yeah, yeah. I stood side stage and got to watch. And you watched you know, him. Watch it. Tell one us of the greatest living comedians. Why he's so unique. So tell, take yeah. us through his set. So uh, he did an hour and he did 20 minutes on diarrhea. It's just like, <laughs> seems super crude, but it was just like right. really smart the way that he did it. 
and um, very well done. And it seems like not tasteful, but he, right. I mean, it's he's just he he has a way about him that makes something like that way more approachable or tasteful. I don't even know the right word, but um, and then he did like fifteen minutes on bell towers, like. <laughs> I mean, how would you even make that I, that's funny? That's the thing. Is like, I don't. I, he can make literally anything into right. ten minutes, which is just such a crazy skill. Yeah, um, he's an excellent storyteller. Like, you're you're yeah, riveted. A lot of stories, and he, he's really great at callbacks. He had about three really good callbacks. So callbacks, like, where you say something about one thing earlier on in the set, and then another joke kind of touches on it fifteen minutes later. And callbacks are always great, but they're hard to do, right? Because it's hard to plant that seed and then bring it back around. It's like it takes it's it's skillful to do a, a callback. Yeah, and uh, he had like three really great callbacks. It was great. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he's just he's he's I mean he's a hall of famer. Right, right. he's a hall of famer. So yeah. and he's super nice. And so it was it was great. And that's people ask me all the time. Like I show that that's I show those photos that I showed you, in like every in pretty much every program I do. Yeah. And uh, people ask me, like, well, like, was he really nice? Like, yeah, he was really nice. He was For very sure. nice and authentic. Like, didn't have to do any of that stuff. Totally yeah. did him anyway. Right? So, Well, I, as you know, I'm a big fan of yours. Like, this is not the first time you've done this. You did something pretty unique at Voices of Dentistry, too. <laughs> so, like, I want you to talk about that. Yeah. Now, a couple of things about Voices of Dentistry. It is truly, it's one of your favorite yeah, things. Yeah, it's one of my favorite meetings. I mean, yeah. and I want you to talk about why. And then you did something special with Detola yeah. this year. Yeah. And it was in, was it in January? I, uh, I, January, February. I can't remember exactly. It's always like towards the end of January, early February. So it's kind of in between Seattle Study Club Symposium and Chicago Midwinter. So okay. It's like somewhere in there. First, talk about what it is. What's Voices of Dentistry? Yeah, so Voices of Dentistry is a, um, it's, a it's the pod, the dental podcast meeting, right? Okay. And so it's run by four guys. Uh, Justin Moody from Implant Pathway. Mark Costas from... Help dentalpreneur. Me. Yeah, dentalpreneur. Yep. And he has, is it dental support specialist or? Yeah, he does a great job. His, yeah, yeah. His, his uh, consulting company. Yep. Coaching company. Um, and then it is uh, Alan Mead mm -hmm. from Very Dental Podcast. Yep. And then Jason Lipscomb from uh, the Dental Hacks Facebook Hacks. group. And um, they put this meeting on and it's. Um, How many years have they been doing this? It's. God. Four or five years. No, okay. more than that. Really? Six or seven now? Okay. Yeah, I feel like it's been going back a while. You know, the, the first meeting was 2017. Okay. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, five or six. Um, and so, I, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of a small, tight-knit community of the podcasters and then the people who really, like, devour those podcasts. And so, it's a group of people that you kind of end up knowing. It's the same people, same-ish people every year. And so... It's just a comfortable space for me. And and so that was the first place that I ever shared my mental health journey. And that was in uh, February of 2020. And it was literally like I had an hour and I did 40 minutes about other stuff. And then the last 20 minutes was this mental health thing. Yeah. And I had never gotten feedback about anything like I got about that 20 minutes. Yeah. And so, and then of course the world shut down in March of 2020 Yeah, and I had time on my hands and I had, um, there's this crazy guy named Kirk and he did this marathon broadcast session that started during COVID. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. No, never. And he was like on, uh, uh, the zoom for thousands of dental people every day for 
months? It was a long time. I don't know how long it was. And uh, that was such a great thing because it was a it was a great workshop for me to work some material out. You were amazing. Like it was amazing no, yeah, how I, you showed. I up. would just jump in like every week and or every other week and do something. You were on it every freaking well, day. There's a difference between you and I. You had to present content. I was just no, like, but you had to like you, all I had to do was yo yo yo, you know. So uh, no, is that a call? Are, I mean, with like that is um. What you guys did with that is, when I look back on it, and you know, in the, in the middle of it, you're just like, we're just doing something, right? right? But like, when you look back on it, like how many days consecutively that you did that, and like, you basically right. did it until every state opened back up, and it's like... Well, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a high uncertainty, yeah. like the level of uncertainty was crazy. I don't do well with that. And you also, you also gave voice to a lot of things as we were hearing stories. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, this is just not... And I, I mean, personally, I had a panic attack and I wasn't in the best place. And so yeah, we, needed, we needed somebody to put some, you know, some frameworks, yeah. some science, some right. thought processes. I'm, I'm a big like sort of believer in it's like just right place, right time. Right. And it's just like the idea for that messaging and sharing my journey came at the right time. Yeah. Right? And it came at a time where I had, you know, the time to take this 20 minutes that I had out. I remember I did a master class of this. Yes, you did. It was amazing. Um, it was early on, one of the earlier ones. And um, I didn't have enough to fill the 90 minutes. So I like had to scramble to find like 10 minutes. So I, I think I showed the video that I had made of like the three famous podcasters that talked about me on the yes. show. Yep. Yep. Because I didn't have anything else to put. And I was like, it's an hour 15 and I needed to be an hour 30. And now it's like, I do four hours on it, right? Yeah. It's like grown out to this whole like four hour lecture. So yeah, it was like, but if I didn't have... Uh, what, what did we call that? The COVID conference? I forgot what we called it. I think, we, yeah, we called it the COVID conference. Yeah. If I didn't have that, like I wouldn't have had the ability to work that material out. And that's the thing, you know, it's like you see a stand-up comedian, right? You see Jim Gaffigan, like tell right. a story, right? Well, that's like, it sounds super like off the cuff or it sounds like unrehearsed. Right. Like he's just saying it off the top of his head. And he said it a thousand times or, you know, 150 times to different audiences and every time he does it, he says it a little different way and he figures yeah. out what way works the best, right? So you got to workshop that stuff. Right. And if it wasn't that COVID conference, like I would have never been able to work a lot of that stuff out and yeah. have that presentation now be sort of as polished as it is. So a lot of us are very thankful for what you did, not only in helping people get to E and have a distraction from all that's going on and be connected to a community and all that. And then for those of us that were like in the content world, um, yeah, like you gave me a place to work stuff out that I wouldn't have ever had before, right? And so yeah. well, um, that was amazing. I'm equally so grateful that. that you, well, thank you for showing up. But then going back to the not celebrating thing and I'll celebrate it. I mean, you're freaking damn good at what you do. Like damn that. good. Thank you. Um, so much so the Greg Luganis, like I, what you do, what you don't understand what you do is you put like, you burn memories. Like the Greg Luganis walking out to the pool with the phone thing. I was laughing so hard. And this is a later masterclass that yeah. you did. I actually had to mute myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is freaking hilarious. That's where I, uh, I stripped down to my underwear. Yes. And you were looking yeah. at your phone. Yeah. And my phone fell in the pool and I had to jump in after. <laughs> um, so my wife uh, makes fun of me because I, I can't believe we're talking about this. I don't like to be naked. Yeah. Like even with her. <laughs> so, but you were naked on the mask. Well, I mean, sorry, essentially, yeah. I mean, so you, she, had your, you had your, you had your skivvies on. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. She calls me a never nude, which is a reference <laughs> to a, uh, an old show with, um, uh, I, I, who's the guy that's on smartless. Oh, uh, um, 
Not Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Uh, Arrested Development. It's a reference oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a guy in there who's called a never nude who just didn't like to ever take his clothes off. <laughs> and so that's, that's me. And she was like, I cannot believe that you yeah. like, will show this video <laughs> where you <laughs> strip down to your underwear. She's like, you don't take your shirt off for anybody. And yet you'll do it. I was like, yeah, because I can get a laugh out of it. Yeah. Well, you got to laugh. It wasn't a gratuitous story that was a wild tangent. It, it, it was like kind of a wild tangent. No, it's a little bit of a wild tangent. No, 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 no. You brought it right. Or you, the you, idea is that we are addicted to this technology, yes, right? Yes. And that that's probably not a good thing. And here's me. Like outside with your dog sober rational man who literally dives into a pool in january <laughs> to save his phone and it, yeah well we were there with you yeah. like your point was super clear and i think about you in the morning when i'm like okay i should probably look up you know i'm yeah. i'm not gonna get the you know the 9.9 from the judges here yeah. on the uh that's, on a, the so that's another thing so that you mentioned greg luganis which is a very like 30 to 50 year old person reference. Right, like, right, right. He competed in like the 1992 Olympics or something. Like, a long time long, ago. Like no one has heard of Greg Luganis in years. No, so that, no. My specialty is references <laughs> from the 1990s. During the stand-up set, I had like a very specific Alanis Morissette reference. Yeah. And I think I said like, that is a, like if you are not 38 to 45 years old, you have no idea no what idea. I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, Dennis Miller is one of my favorite comedians and I... 35% of what Dennis Miller says. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know who Plenty the Elder is, but it's still funny. <laughs> that, you are, to me, what Dennis oh, Miller God, is. No, to, like, genius. there are many things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta be thinking about this. He went a little crazy, though. Know, he Dennis did. Miller, he, went, he did. He did. He went a little Trumpy. Um, he got a little into, into the right-hand side of, of yeah. things. So, like, pretty, pretty far on the, on the side. But he's, I haven't even heard Dennis Miller. And yeah, I think he's pretty much, I think he does corporate gigs now. Yeah. Which is sweet. But, uh, yeah, I, I told you earlier that, uh, one of my achievements of the last six months is that I uh, worked on a Trump impersonation a lot. Well, give it to us. Yeah. A lot of people talking about best practices, but a lot of people. Best practice. Kirk Barrett's tremendous, tremendous, doing tremendous things. I tell you what, you want to change your practice? You get Kirk Barrett. Like you wouldn't believe. Like you wouldn't believe. Your wife loves that. She hates me. She hates me. Because it was literally like for three weeks just walking around the house. A lot of people. Lot of people lot Would of you people. play it back and say, I got to get the, I got to get that. Yeah. Down, so, Michael. so Dana Carvey, I'm a huge fan of Dana Carvey. Dana like, so amazing. you and I are kind of, so you like the SNL of like Love it. 89 through 93 is like, yeah. the thing about SNL is whatever years you watched it formatively yeah. is that in your opinion, that's the best year. So For I sure. talk to people like, Oh yeah, no, like 74 or what, you know, it's like, no, like those are terrible. Like, and so it's whatever year you were growing up and you watched it, like that's the year that's the best. But yeah. for me, it's Dana Carvey and Mike Myers and yeah. David Spade and Farley and Sandler. And like, for that's, sure. that, that to me is my, and so Carvey talks a lot about like with an impression, you got to find the hook. You got to find the one thing that gets you into it. Yeah. And so for me with Trump, it's a lot of people. And so that's like, that's, and it's the guttural part of it. Cause yeah. that's like, he kind of starts guttural and then he, it's cadence is weird. Yeah. And he just, it's his it's patterns. Yeah. It's just patterns of a lot of people talking about whatever. Yeah. It's tremendous, tremendous. And then like you wouldn't, and it's everything he ties to that same pattern. And so yeah. like, once you find that beat, that pattern, then it makes it easy. But it's like working that stuff out is what's really hard. Yeah. So that's who, el who else can you impersonate? That's pretty much it. Come on. No, you, that's pretty do you much have it. anybody else? Anybody we would know in dentistry? Oh, in dentistry? No. Mm -hmm. Like I, Come on. yeah, no, I've, I've tried to work on a Michael Cohen. 
But I'm also like terrified to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, when am I going to do this? And if I did it like on stage at Seattle study club, yeah, he might have me murdered. Yeah. I uh, did it. They had a thing called rising stars forum. Yeah. How did that go? You were there. Yeah. yeah. It's, I did something on, I did a kind of a, a keynote on the main stage. There. I did like yeah. a 30 minute version of, of the mental health talk. And I had a little joke about him in it that he told me afterwards that he didn't love. Yeah. Um, but in the moment when he came like afterwards on stage, gave me a big hug, all this stuff. He's like, don't do that one again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's, he, he's an amazing human being, obviously. And, and I think if you set him up for it, he enjoys it. Yeah. I, uh, I did one thing for, uh, and I didn't know if he was going to go for it. We did a, we were sitting in chairs and we were doing the referral conversation and he would say something and a bubble would appear above his head. What was, he was really what thinking. thinking. Yeah. And it but was, did he know what was in the bubbles? Yeah, I, I okay, told him I was going to be the one. He's yeah. like, I can go with this because he doesn't do well with not predictable. And it was really funny. And he helped me with the script. Yeah. He's like, no, right, you're, you're, you're going to want to say this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He's a, uh, he's a genius. He's, he really um, is. Todd, do you know Todd Williams? Todd is the uh, uh, um, the speaker in the uh, the hotels. Yeah, he's a, like a trainer for Four Seasons. He's amazing. So he Four has, Seasons, yeah. He, he has a he, story that he tells. It's like this. He was at the four, he was working at the Four Seasons in Maui, I think okay. who it was. And he has the story where there's a blind woman who was like stayed there. They stayed there like every year, and so the staff knew them, and they knew like the husband was like the capable person who like guided the blind wife around. And yeah. so she had like he was going to get the car, and he like put her on this bench, and a gardener was there like doing gardening on the I don't know hibiscus or I don't know whatever. I'm not a botanist. And he, the gardener was doing some work on the, on the bushes or the plants or the flowers. And so the gardener like sees this blind woman sitting there who's a frequent guest. And he okay. goes and he asks her, he's like, would you like me to tell you about what's growing here? And he picked, like guided her to the garden and told her about all the different flowers. And Todd just was watching this and found this like this very touching moment. Right? Yeah. And Todd is just this like, you know, game recognized game. One of the most talented storytellers I've ever seen. In For my life. sure. And it's just like, this 18 minute story with these intricate details is so well done. And so Todd came up to me after rising stars and he had seen the mental health talk. And he, he was like, I like, I mean this in all honesty. I'm serious. When I tell you this, it's literally the best thing I've ever seen. That's awesome. And so that was, you know, I'm not good about, about celebrating things. And that was like kind of one of those moments. And we he actually celebrate. texted me later yeah. and it was like with the same sentiment. And I showed it to my wife and it was just like, she was like, yeah, take a second, breathe four times let this sink in and celebrate it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, that's one of the, I'm just bad at that. I want to I'm ask really you about bad. that particular component, but I want to say this about Todd and I don't know him very well. Yeah. I've met him several times. Yeah, and I've, he's, yeah. You guys are like on the same corner a little bit with Seattle study. Club. No, he's on a whole nother <laughs> level. Like when he, it's electrifying. Yeah. I am in his, he is an excellent yeah. speaker yeah. and a superhuman being like, um, He's damn good at what he does. Yeah. And I, I actually would love, like of all the people I've seen speak, he's one of those people I'd love to see work. Yeah. You know, take, sure. take your friend to work day. Yeah. You'd you like to follow him. I would. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. he opens up four seasons and he's not real fan. What's he? He's not a big fan of, um, so he's, he's, he's a four seasons guy. So yeah. he doesn't like the, um, what's the next tier down? Um, I don't know. I was going to say Ritz Carl. Ritz Carl, yeah. So oh, okay. he'll say R C. down, really? Well, then, well, I kind of feel like they're on the same level. I know. He would be very clear. He calls it RC. He doesn't refer. Uh, you won't even call him he by does, the He name? doesn't even call by a real name. And he's like, I was in another hotel. 
I'll just tell you it was RC, and I put my finger up here, and I found a little dust, and I'm like, oh, wow, wow. Ba- Battle of the Hotels. That is, like, very uh, very specific. I- I'm obsessed with, like, weird, and hotels are different because I-, I understand brand loyalty with hotels. Right. But I'm always obsessed with, like, weird brand loyalty guys, like guys who are their identity is, like, I drive a pickup truck, not just any pickup truck. A Ford pickup truck. Yeah, like I will never. You'll never Don't see even me say the word Chevy. Driving a Chevy, like this is a weird like hill weird. to die on. Like I have a friend who's like that with um, Perrier. Do really? not give him a Pellegrino. Oh, it's sparkling water. Calm down, my man. Like it's what do you? You know what I would do? You, I would a, put a, them a both in a glass. Sommelier, like you're never going to tell the difference. Do the Pepsi challenge. Yeah, see if you can no, tell. It's so can't tell the like, Weird brand loyalty is very funny to me. It is funny. And so that's. I mean, I guess hotels are a little bit different, but like the. Because if I'm looking at a city and like, oh, there's a Ritz, oh, there's a Four Seasons, whichever one, it's fine. Right, it doesn't matter. Whichever one is like the cheapest or the closest or whichever one has a room, I'm not going to be able to know the difference. Yeah. But like, it's very funny to me that he's like, very specifically, there you got to- Do I have a fly? Yeah, there you go. Should I use my gnome? Yeah, you got Yeah, there's a uh, weird uh, SmileCon sock gnome. Well, we got these gnomes. They were delivering gnomes. No, I don't- Kate gave it to us. She's so sweet. I don't even know what I'm going to do with take it. This home? No, you can have it. We're giving away as a, what are you? no, it's our podcast <laughs> gift for the day. <laughs> oh, good. No, I, I really I, want you to I have, have a it. bag. I, so I did not fly here, but I have to fly home. I have an interesting story about that. <laughs> okay. I want to hear the story, but I have two more things to say. Yeah. Um, the reason I would want to go to work with Todd is he opens up and yeah. he opens like the first four, month or whatever of, of opening a four seasons. He's like the person in charge of yeah, training everybody of tree. So here's my question. Yeah. How do you get 100 yeah. people? at this right. level well and you talk about it as well like you, you talk about you know it, this is an easy like identifiable thing for most people fast food restaurants right right you go to like a wendy's or a burger king and it's just like oh my god it's just right. like a horrible experience all the way around then you go to chick-fil-a right? yeah and it's not that like so where does chick-fil-a find these people that are these this amazing like how do they find these amazing people to work for them and it's the idea that like they hire the same people that Burger King or Wendy's for hires. sure. It's just that their systems are different, right? And so it's the system makes the experience. The system makes the service, right? Well, and I would agree. I would agree with you. And I would say part of their systems are core values. Ask any kid. Yeah. Do you work here? Yeah. How important are core values? They'll go. We talk about it constantly. At Chick Fil A, you mean? At Chick Fil A. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge on that. Eddie V's Steakhouse. You, anything that's at a higher level. Sorry, my first date with my wife Andrew was at a Eddie V's Steakhouse. Ask any server. And an NEVs. How important are Corvallis? They'll go, we talk about it every day. Yeah. Like they don't stop Jason, talking about the, it. The, at our first date, the, uh, the waitress was giving us like their, their sort of rundown of their drink menu. Yeah. And um, she said that we have uh, a special tonight on Dosa Keys beer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you I'm, from, I'm from Texas. Dosa Keys? Dosa Keys. Is that new? <laughs> is that a French? That is that a French yeah, version? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. now I just learned Eddie V's was where your first date. Yeah. Eddie V's in Austin. Which is excellent. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. The restaurant you took me to in Austin was amazing. How, where, where did we go? No, you took me to a Mexican restaurant oh, that no, was complete. San Antonio. No. Yeah. 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 In, in San Antonio. So I'll set La the stage. La Fonda on Main was the name of the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. La Fonda. That's it. That was yeah. it. So I'll set the stage. Walk in. It's completely packed. It yeah. was like a scene in Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Austin. Good no, to see you. No, we just they did, we they just did one of these. Somebody grabs yeah. a table with a tablecloth and, we, and they yeah. set it up right and by the was, fireplace. Uh, yeah. It was, Plates come yeah, down. Yeah. That was, that's a great place. That's a good, a Rindler, really great garden. Outside. Rindler yeah, met us there. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So go back to this. I want to ask you about the celebrating thing. Yeah. Just, just explain why. Like you say, I think this is a good thing yeah. for everybody. 
I, so this this is something I talk about with my therapist all often. Okay. Is that I don't celebrate stuff. And she's like, you have to celebrate. And Brene talked about it a little bit yesterday, right? And tell us why. About like internal dialogues with ourselves, yeah. right? And and so Brene talked about um, you shouldn't your internal dialogue about yourself. Yes. Like sh- you should talk to yourself the way you talk to somebody that you love and respect. Love it. And um, that is not my internal, that's not my internal dialogue system. And so right. it's, that's a huge thing. And so I think that's part of it, right? Is, is um, if someone like, so I don't like to celebrate my birthday, right? And part of it is like, everybody has a birthday. Like, right. It's not that big a deal, right? Right. And so um, I don't like to be the center of attention on something if it's not based on like some skill or merit or something that I did. It's like just the idea of being born, right. celebrating that to me. And that has sort of kind of, I, I don't know, seeped into other parts of my life, but right. it's an internal dialogue thing, right? It's the conversations that I have with myself. Right. And when you have these negative dialogues with yourself about yourself, um, it makes it to where you, do, you marginalize successes and you overinflate the failures. Right. And that skews this internal, you know, dialogue you have. And, and, and so you're kind of cutting yourself off at, at the knees. And it's, I, I'm speaking about this like I'm some expert and like I fixed it. And it's no, it's like still a problem. It's, it's a, still but, a problem. But wouldn't me. you agree? It, it's a problem for everybody. I've heard this. Um, it, without, I, I know a lot of people that celebrate their birthday month. They don't <laughs> seem to have any problem. And like, birthday <laughs> birthday. Hey, hey, what congratulate me about? on my birthday month. Like, yeah. I was born during this lunar cycle. Like, what, what do you? Yeah. That, that, so I, I don't, you say that, that it's a problem for, I don't think it is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are totally like, okay with the idea of it. And so um, I don't know. I I don't know what, I don't know why it is that I need to marginalize myself um, and marginalize these things. Like, I I don't know what about it drives that way. Like what that inner voice is. And it's, you know, it's something I'm still working on therapy. Like we, my therapist, Holly and I talk about it all the time. Well, and she like forces me. There's been a few things that I've done. Like, like, when I had my first like real big international gig, like when I spoke like in Europe, yeah, um, you know, she was like, you need to celebrate this. Absolutely. Like, this is something you've wanted to do. You did it. You need to like take some time to reflect on it and celebrate it and not minimize it. Not say like, well, there's probably somebody else that they booked, but they were busy and, right. oh, it was COVID. So they couldn't get somebody from this country to go. So they just, you're the third choice or like, don't stop talking, like stop having right. that conversation. And, and, and celebrate the, 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 the achievement, celebrate the victory. And so it's still, it's still a huge challenge for me. And I, I think it's all internal dialogue systems. Yeah. Um, and, and it probably stems from family systems that, you know, that were in my family of like, you know, um, if you got straight A's, it was cool. Right. What you're supposed to do. Right. We're not like, we're not, you don't get a happy meal cause you got a straight A's in your report card. Like, you, right. Was you do what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. And so the, the, those systems kind of come in early. And so the problem with that is that creates an, a, a, an achievement cycle that can never fulfill what you need. It's right. like, oh, okay, well, oh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd celebrate it if it was this. Right. And it's like, if you just live your life that way, it's like, sorry, I did celebrate it if I was elected president of the United States, right? right. It's like, all right, you know, it's just, you can't get to the point where you achieve high enough to beat the celebration expectation of this harsh internal critic. And so for those of us, those of you listening that are internal critics of yourselves, like it's a really hard, it's a really hard way to live your life. I I would, and I'm not an expert on this at all. I've learned so much from you, but like, I do know one thing for me, 
Self-talk is the worst. Yeah. I am, first of all, I can't even make sense of me talking to someone else. Yeah. And then when I'm talking to myself, yeah. it spirals. Yeah. It never goes into a, so for me, I've got to be talking to someone. And you're, you know, you, we've talked about therapy is yeah. really important. Yeah, sure. if, if, if you're not going to do therapy, then you got to have somebody, yeah. somebody, a coach, a confidant. Even, so I talked about this with Jerry Gottlieb last week. Yeah. Is that a coach. Great. A friend, right? We only need friends that we vent to. For right? sure. That's awesome. And you have a friend that you can call and just unload whatever it is. That's fine. But like at some point you can't just keep unloading on that one, you know, on that right. one confident or coach or whatever. Like you aren't, no offense. You're not trained as a therapist. Right. And so it's like, you know, oh, like I, the idea for this came from, I went to get my haircut. Okay. And I, I love my hairstylist. He's a great guy. His name's Mauricio. He does drag. Okay. He's, uh, he's like in drag competitions and something like that. Yeah. He's the greatest guy. And uh, when you walk into his salon, he has a sign that says, the therapist is in. Oh, wow. I, like he's hairstyle, you know, he's a therapist, right? They're For like sure. people vent him or whatever. It's like, yeah, but that should not be your therapist. That's right. the guy that cuts your hair. Right. And if you rely on him for therapy... That's you're not, not good. Therapy, yeah, right? yeah. Like you're unloading, which right. is, is beneficial, no right. doubt about it. But the most valuable therapy sessions I have aren't where I'm just like, yeah. and then this, and then that, and then this. It's like where where Holly stops you and is like, all right, look, hold on a second, let's think about that. Like, why did you react that way? Right. What was this? Where did that come from? Oh, right. that connects back to this, right? Like, they're trained that way, right? Like, right. they're tra they're trained to like find those connections and find those patterns and identify them and help reshape the way that we think and things like that. Like, so you can a consultant or a coach can't do that, right? A, a, a therapist can't do that. And I'm not right. saying don't have that personal connection with your consultant or your coach or don't have that connection with your hairstylist, but like you still need to have somebody in your life who's professionally trained to handle these things. For sure. And to not just listen to you talk for an hour, yeah. but to give it, you know, to give information and feedback and systems back to you. Right. And so, True. um, I get, you know, as a consultant and a coach, you're saying like, I can help be part of that for you. And you absolutely can, yeah. but you can't be the only person that they have and, and absolutely. they need a professional. Right. And so, well, and I would say as a coach, consultant, I don't want that responsibility. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not my job. Right. Like I'll listen to you and we'll, right. and then I'll yeah. tell you like, you need right. to talk to yes. somebody about that. Let's get have back need, to yeah, why and, we're and working. Like, that is a hard conversation to have right. with someone who's paying you for sure to be a consultant or a coach for their practice. And yeah. if you just tell them like, right, I think you need professional help. It's like, yeah. Tough convo, right? It is. It um, is. But it, if you can actually get them to do it, 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 I think it, I think it will not only change. Here's the thing about my therapy journey. It's not only changed the way I feel about myself and I'm, it's not perfect. I'm not there. Right. It's also changed how I communicate with people. Yeah. That doesn't end when I step foot in my office. That carries foot, it carries into my office. It carries into how I communicate with my staff. Right. How I communicate with my patients, how I communicate with, people in my industry right and so that's the thing about therapy is this it it, it permeates your whole life right and and I, i've had this conversation before it's like when you're like in dentistry right we have a treatment plan right you need six restorations and three implants you, you work towards the treatment plan and at some point you're done yeah right there's always maintenance right like when are you done getting your teeth cleaned Never. When you don't have teeth anymore, I right. guess. Right. Yeah. And we've all failed somewhere along the way. Like, when are you done with like therapy? And I, for Never. some people, well, I mean, for some people, it may, you know, for some people, it may be. If there's, 
one or two traumatic experiences that you're trying to work through, like they may be that, like you may be able to work for some time and, and, right. and get to a place where you're good. But I think for me, honestly, like I, I don't know as if I'll ever be done with it. And, and I think that's okay. Um, one thing that I was saying, I admitted this to my therapist the other day. And, I, and this is confessional probably more than anything, but I, t- I said to her like, for the entire week, every minute that I'm in my office and even beyond that now, you know, with messages and emails and texts and all that stuff, I, it's just my day is a series of answering other people's problems. So solve this problem, solve this problem, solve this problem. And I, if I solve enough problems, I get to go home and pet my dog and hug my wife, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just the goal every day. How many problems do I need to solve to where I'm done? Right. Um, but for that one hour a week, I'm someone else's problem. <laughs> and I don't have to be the answer. There you go. I don't have to answer a problem or find, you know, find a solution. For one hour a week, someone finds a solution for me. Right. You know, and, and that solution may just be listening. It may be feedback. We may do EMDR, whatever it is. But for that one hour a week, it's, it's, I'm no longer solving everyone's problems. I love and it. And it's super valuable. You are putting words to something that really needs words. You know, it's a, it's a subjective, I still would say it's very subjective. It's a deep subjective pain right now. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't have any answers, I'm, but somebody has got to put voice to it. Say, yeah, you I'm know, happy to do that. I'm happy to share my journey. And that's what, that's what it is. Sharing my journey. So you're a hero in so many different ways. Now, speaking uh, of journeys, yeah. I know you got to go, you got to tell us about the ride home. Okay. You said you have a story about the ride home. Yeah. Do you have to leave? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, Tell us about the ride home. So I'm in San Antonio. It's three and a half hours away from Houston. Okay. I mean, if by the time you go through TSA and then fly here and get the Uber here, I was like, it takes us just as long to fly as it does to drive. It's okay. like, oh, I'm going to drive. So uh, what is today? Friday? Friday. On Wednesday night, I had a webinar with AACA. Okay. That was at eight o'clock. So I finished that webinar at nine, left my office probably 9.15 to start driving here. Okay. Get in the car, start driving here. Um, this isn't a humble brag. I drive a Tesla. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that because it's, it's sort of important to the story. And also, I just want everybody to know how much I love the earth. Right? And <laughs> yeah. if you're not driving a Tesla, like what did the earth ever do to, to hurt you? <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I don't no, have I'm, one, I'm but it, it can drive itself. That's the deal. It's that's a, it's that's all, really yeah, the yeah. number and one benefit. Uh, in we, the city, it's not as effective and not as great, but on the highway, it's great. Yeah. So I'm on autopilot is what they call it. Okay. And I'm just cruising at 85 miles. Now an hour. I got to ask you, I, that freaks me. Is it truly autopilot? Um, no, you have to keep your hands on the wheel, and if you don't, it will turn off. So okay. you can't just like, oh, I'm going to chill in the back seat, like and working on my PowerPoint yeah. and taking that. No, you've got to have hands on the wheel and be alert. Okay, and you have to interact at the wheel every couple of minutes. It changes, um, but they want you to like. It has like it makes sure that you're touching the wheel. Okay, so that you can take over if you need to. All right. So I'm cruising 85. I'm in a, uh, I'm in, I'm somewhere probably 40 miles <laughs> west of Houston okay. on I-10, which is a big interstate highway. And um, cruising along and there's something in the road and I'm at like going 80. I've got an 18 wheeler on one side and a shoulder on the other, but the shoulder is like, they're doing a little road work. So it's like four inches or three inches lower. And so I'm like, shit, I can't swerve right because there's a um, 18 wheeler. And if I swerve left, I'm afraid of like whatever. So I'm like, I am hoping it's like cardboard or a box. So you're just going to go, you're going to hit it. I mean, it was like, I'm going 80, 85 miles an hour. It's like, I see it. It's dark. You know, it's night. It's midnight at this point. And I hit it. And it was not a piece of cardboard. It was was a, a dead hog. A hog? A hog. Like that's not a small. No. 
Holy moly. And uh, immediately. Do you hit it straight on? Like right over? Like on the like right hand side, the passenger side of my vehicle is like the tire went out. And I thought it was like a double blowout. Okay. Um, But it was the the Tesla is like the air suspension system, right? Whatever it did, whatever the damage it did, it like blew that system out. And so my car immediately like went like this. And the alerts come up. It's like, you can't like pull over the like not drivable. Please stop driving. Right. Right. So I pull over off to the side of this midnight and like, you know, just on some stretch of I-10 between San Antonio and Houston. And so I called 911 and they sent a cop out and um, he was like, yeah, you're going to have a toad. And so I had a toad. And so the cop is like, well, where are you going? Like, and I was like, I'm going to Houston. He's like, I can't take you to Houston. Yeah. He's like, can you take me to Katy? Katy's like a suburb of Houston. It's like the westernmost suburb of Houston. And he's like, I can't take you to Katy. It's out of our county. Okay. He's like, I can take you to Brookshire, which is like 10 miles away. So I'm like, all right. He's like, there's a La Quinta there. I was like, all right, I'll get a La Quinta. I'll stay at the La Quinta and then like figure out how to get in in the morning. I'll call somebody. I'll figure it out. So I, he takes me there. He drops me off. The wrecker came and got the car. And uh, he takes me to Brookshire, and I'm like, well, or yeah, whatever the name of the town. I think it's Brookshire. And so I'm like, well, let me just check Uber and see. Like, maybe I can get an Uber to Katy, and then from Katy, maybe I can get another Uber right. into downtown Houston. And I found an Uber that was, like, I put in to come to this hotel, and six minutes, it was like pretty much immediately, Uber accepted. Six minutes later, the guy was there, and he drove me all the way into Houston. Oh, that's and awesome. And you want to know what the, the fare was? What? $40. Come on. I, I paid $40 to go like four miles in Chicago before, right? Or yeah. New York City, like to go from Midtown to like downtown. I paid $57. $40 to go like 50 miles. I hope you left a good tip. I, I gave him a $40 tip. Good. Yeah. Good. So, um, yeah. So now I have to fly home because my car is at some collision center here in Houston. So like yesterday in between lectures, I was like dealing with the car insurance company. Yeah. And then Tesla's are weird because... Um, te- you have to go to a Tesla certified collision center and it's, it's a stupid, like it's, a how, mess. how did the hog get in the road? Did it fall off a truck? Did it? No, it, I'm sure it, you know, it was a wild hog that had crossed oh, the road. Okay. Somebody else hit it and I guess hadn't reported it. And so it was just yeah. there and I, they must've just hit it because it was, um, pretty, I've had those meaty. moments. You're like, something's in the road. I okay. could swerve, but that's probably gonna be it more dangerous. Be yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So glad you're okay. <laughs> what a mess the other the the worst part about it was it was at midnight i was like i'm not gonna call my wife and wake her up i'm fine there's no reason to worry her there's nothing she can do she's three hours away right um so i wake up the next morning and she sends me a panic test are you okay and i was like why do you ask and she said because there's an email in our email from the car insurance company asking you to complete your claim so what's going on it's yeah. like all right let me call you and tell you what happened you're not gonna believe this honey <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah so that was fun good so. stuff dude thank you so much i know no, you got a roll and uh this is always fun i always enjoy having you on always so fun. i'm gonna just encourage you guys uh make sure you follow josh check josh out not right. only you're an amazing speaker you need to celebrate more you're a freaking great human Thanks, being uh, you are fantastic comedian so yeah. i mean you, you get amateur. No, not not at all. So cool. Technically, yes, I've never gotten paid. The Galler deal didn't. Pay you me to should. Up, so you should. I'm still an amateur. I still have my amateur eligibility. Uh, I don't. I don't believe you. you're a pro. OG man. Thanks, man. Good to awesome, see you. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Keep tuning in as we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have many more guests uh, today uh, on the floor at SmileCon, and we'll see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody. Cool. 
So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.